19 starts now. Welcome to ShareMo EDU. We are a team of two Missouri lead learners sharing stories across the state and beyond through the lens of education. I'm Dr. Renee Hawkins, principal at Maple Elementary in Smithville, Missouri. I'm Dr. Eric Carlin, elementary assistant principal in Smithville, Missouri. This week's guest is the academic services coordinator in a bordering district, Platt County. Aaron is a thought-provoking speaker, a doctoral student, and an avid bow tie wearer. He is known for wording his thoughts in such a way that make you stop and really assess your practices and take action. In his TEDx talk, he started his closing statement with this. My fellow educators, if you hand out packets and packets of worksheets that are replicated for every student in your class, be brave. Don't walk back to the copy machine this year. Your students are more valuable than a replicated education. Go to school, ask questions, be disruptive. We look forward to being disruptive on this episode of ShareMo EDU. Aaron, we look forward to connecting with you today. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to uh, chat with you and to disrupt education. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Aaron, I know you as a former, former uh, pirate myself, I'll be careful to mention that around uh, the walls that I'm in right now. Okay. But help our audience to get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been in education for probably, I don't know, 10 years or so. And uh, started off as a high school ELA teacher. Um, loved it. Loved being with students. Um, and magically ended up in a central office position, uh, which is nice because now I still get to work with students. I impact them. Um, I don't feel that immediate connection, though, which is something I tremendously miss. Uh, but I get to work with a host of principals and teachers that keep me going. I typically do have a bow tie on today. For whatever reason, I didn't wear one. It's pretty hot out. Thinking. Um, and so that's kind of what I do during the day. But, you know, outside of these walls and outside of my office, I love to hit up some jazz and relax. Um, but I have one of those brains that never ends. So I'm continually reading, continually tweeting. Uh, and, and I guess you really could call me an, an, an education geek for sure. <laughs> Awesome. We love it. We like education geeks. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, if you could create a hashtag for education, what would it be? And tell us what these words would mean to you. Um, my hashtag for education would be unlearn. And I think that that one solid word means that uh, I'm really interested in the liberation of the mind. And so that's uh, so scary for some of our folks but really unlearning the systems that are um, captivating our students. That is holding them behind the bars of expectation, holding them behind the bars of uh, structure. And I think probably what comes to mind when I think about that is that no culture will educate their students to the point of revolution. And so I wanna make sure that our children are ready to uh, change the world, to think for themselves, and so unlearn would be my hashtag. Wow, what a powerful hashtag. Renee and I had the opportunity recently to do uh, the Innovation EDU tour and saw some amazing things. And one of the speakers mentioned something that makes me think of what you're saying, but they said the culture of your staff is the ceiling for your students. And so mm. uh, you're exactly right that we have a lot of room to grow as a, uh, educators and uh, and just looking at things in a different lens, which I know that you are dabbling into, which is exciting, but um, it can take time, which <laughs> comes along with many things. It does. Okay, share a message from a book that you're reading that's caused you to take action. 
Well, one of the books that I'm reading is by Christopher Emden, um, who has blown my mind. And uh, I'll probably fumble on the title, but it is something along the lines of for white folks who teach in the hood or something like this. Maybe you've heard of it. And he talks about this incredible phenomenon in culture, which you just highlighted. Um, In education, it's not just a culture that exists. It is a culture that is romanced. It is a culture that is uh, lured in. This happens uh, in the parking lot. This happens in classrooms. This happens in the faculty lounge. both in a positive and negative way, although Emden really kind of shines the light on the fact that it can become very, very toxic. Um, That has stuck with me because one of the things that I've really been considering is um, the shock and culture shock of change. And so as we want to progress and as we want to be progressive, um, we have to remain very vigilant in our resistance to change too much. Um, because what I think happens to use a pirate analogy, if you will, is that then you've got oars of the ship going one way on one side, oars of the ship going in a different way on the other side, you start spinning in circles and that confusion causes some people to use their musket and just start shooting holes in the bottom of the boat. So you're sinking now. And so I really tried to remain balanced, uh, in my approaches to progress and um, education reform, because what I know is we need everybody and everybody needs to be included. And the fact is this, and it's been one I've had to choke down a couple of times, is that we've got staff members that we would label as traditional, and we've got staff members who are leaping off the edge of innovation. But the fact is this, most of our students live in the middle. And so how can I get teachers to come to the middle from both sides? to find the majority of our students. Most of our students, unfortunately, are not jumping off the edge of innovation. They need to be led there, but their comfort zone because of our training uh, over their course of their K-12 education or pre-K-12 education has trained them to live comfortably in the middle. And so I need teachers to get back there a little bit uh, so that we can impact the majority of students. And so um, I hope that that practice has made a difference in not only our district, but in the districts that I've been able to consult with um, and and the audiences that I've been able to speak to is living in the middle because I believe that's where most of our students are. Wow. Okay, reflect on these statements. Right now, one thing that is going well for me is, and I want to grow by... Oh, that's great. One thing that's going well for me is... um, I have learned the power of silence. And the power of silence uh, allows me to listen to the educators around me to hear not only what they're doing, but what they need to be doing. And so what I want to continue to grow in is that ability to listen. Um, If anybody knows me, they know that I come with a host of opinions about a lot of things. (laughs) And uh, and that's that's no mystery if anyone's ever seen my Twitter feed and and, and attended one of my events. But um, I I want to remain silent on a few things because um, I I am getting the sense in education right now, the louder we become, we're muting some of the voices that really need to be heard. Mm. And so. 
I, through listening, I have found the value of those that are just beginning an education, those that are exiting education. All of those voices count. And they may not have a Twitter account, and they may not be on podcasts, and they may not go around the state and country or the region speaking, but they have something very powerful, and that is the voice of a teacher with wisdom that has been in a classroom, has been in a learning environment, and we need to highlight that a little bit more. So that's, that's something that I want to grow in, something I'm certainly working on is, is allowing that, that silence to uh, educate me. Hmm. Very That's cool. A great message. Yes. Great way to recognize everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you working to grow? Well, one of the ways that I'm working to grow is con continual research, um, but also specifically in terms of that silence is questioning others around me. Um, again, I spent years being the one that would say this stuff, whatever the stuff was, whatever the current trend was. And so I want to grow to a place where to a certain degree in education, I think we are living in the Wild West or the Roaring Twenties, which I find tremendously exciting. But to reel that back a little bit, my goals have always been in, in meetings that I'm currently leading or facilitating um, is to make sure that the voice is heard. And so one of the tricks um, which can be deceptive, but one of the tricks is, I heard you say, and so we will. I heard you say X, Y, and Z, and so we will X, Y, and Z. And so what I do as a facilitator now is let most things be decided by the group of people that I am with. And I say it's deceptive because sometimes they don't like the decision that they've made. And so now we can come to a middle ground and say, how can we reroute? And if I can reroute a, a group of educators to a more um, progressive mindset, I'm going to do that 100% of the time. But what I've found is the power in them making the decision to come on the journey with me. Um, I will tell you, none of us um, can afford any longer to drag people with us. And I certainly don't want to push. It, it's, it's that old story. I want to walk beside them because we can exchange a conversation along the way. And the other thing that, that I have really changed in my thinking as I continue to grow as a leader and, and with this concept of silence is, and, and not all of my contemporaries and all of the educational revolutionaries around me, not all of them support this, but in my estimation now, there are zero emergencies in education. People will be okay. Students will be okay. Is there a better way? Often, yes but they're going to be okay if they don't get there. And the, the reason I say that is because the three of us and so many of our listeners and the folks we work with are products of what we are trying to unfortunately dismantle. And I say unfortunately because there's a long tradition there that impacts humanity, students like us, our colleagues, those who have dedicated many years to the structures that sometimes those of us who are a little bit more on the edge look at and maybe scoff at, it deserves its due recognition. And so I want to continue to do that. And, and again, part of that growth is, is simply listening. Wow. Yeah, great reminders. Lots to unpack there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what three words would you use to describe the person who has made the greatest impact on your life? And why do those words come to mind? 
the the three words that I would suggest would be civil, diplomatic, and kind. And and those would be the three words that I would describe my grandfather. And I've done this weird thing recently, and the folks in, in my office and the folks that work with me have noticed I am a bow tie freak, but I've been wearing <laughs> long ties. And these long ties belong to my grandfather. Mm. And some of them date back to the 40s. And the reason I have been wearing them is simply because my own reflection, so it's interesting that you ask, of the qualities that he had that I need to live a little bit more. And so the reason those things are so important to me is because when we peel back the onion of educational reform, when we peel back the onion of the horrendous show in Jefferson City, when we peel back the onion of all of the things that don't matter, what we find is that people are simply looking to be valued, to be heard, to be treated with uh, uh, diplomacy. And, and those are the three words that I want to carry and be my legacy. Uh, I, do I want to be a reformer? Sure. I hope I have been in, in certain areas uh, of education. But I don't want to be a reformer that looks behind him and has no one standing there. That's not a leader. Um, I want to look behind and have people pushing me ahead or championing me. I want to champion them. Um, and speaking of silence, I think one thing that leaders really need to consider is this. When people stop coming to you, either with celebrations or complaints, when they stop coming altogether, they are telling you, you are no longer their leader. And so we want those voices to continue and we need to listen to those voices as, as we move forward. Well, I like how you said that with, with celebrations and complaints. That's yeah. so true. It goes both ways. Absolutely. Complaints are just feedback to get better. <laughs> right, right. Aaron, what's been a game-changing moment for you in the field of education? A game-changing moment for me in the field of education when, was when a colleague said to me, in education, we need to define what X is. So what that meant for me is on a very surface level in mathematics, I totally was lost when we started talking about X's and Y's. But it's more than just that. The X for me in education is context. And so when I say things to uh, social studies teachers, like we really need to have a tough conversation about your content because it is 100% content. There is no X attached. There is no skill attached. Let's acknowledge it. Let's get it in its due place so that we can, we can make meaning of it. The reason that was a game changer is because I find it very difficult to call something engaging, relevant, or important if it has no context around it. Right now, we're asking our students through standards that the state provides and, and local districts select to master skills that have nothing that no context that they can attach those skills to. So how do I know that I have mastered the skill of um, the quadratic equation if I've never had to put it into practice? Life changing for me. And that was several years ago. Um, and the reason it was life changing, I'm embarrassed to say, is because I think in my household, college was just the expectation. Where was the context living? It was living in the tech centers, in the career centers, in places where the other students went. And they applied their knowledge, building things, crafting things. 
they probably understood the skills that were being asked of them better than any of those of us who were on a traditional path toward college. And so the life sort of changing moment for me was these technical schools are creating avenues for application of skills that we simply test in the traditional environment. So how can we find that context for them to make it meaningful and make it relevant? Wow. Once again, still another quote from the day. Uh, shout out to Art Smith in the Liberty School District uh, with Unschool. He said today, students need to learn in context, not in con not content. Yeah. So that application piece is huge. Ugh. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. If your cup is not full, you cannot fill the cup of others. Cheers. Yeah, I like it. Cheers. <laughs> we'll share no cup there. We'll awesome mug there. How do you promote self-care? Oh, that is a wonderful question. <laughs> and I, I think uh, the two of you, probably more so than even someone like me at the district level, have to remain vigilant in self-care. But in your roles and in the roles of many leaders, it is the promotion of self-care. Self-care for me, one example that I would love to see is an administrator who walks down the hall goes into the classroom, says, I really appreciate what you're doing here, but I want you to go home. I want you to be with your families. When I pull up my calendar, as you do, it is so swamped that I'm not sure what a hobby might be or what a time away from the office might be. Uh, that's some sort of magical place that for many of us, it just doesn't exist. Here's one way that I think we can establish that, and that is making meaning of our work not working to find meaning. So what I mean by that is I see so many leaders whose, whose cars are in the parking lot from 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and they are not sure why they're there. But the community sees them there, and it's important for them to be present. But how do we make meaning of their work? And so the meaning that I would like to see our leaders get to and, 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 and myself get to is finding the vision that we want to live. And that vision then suggests that we have to take care of ourselves. We have to fill our own cup. But when we get back to what I said a moment ago about silence and listening, the others around us can fuel that. We also, as leaders, have to be willing to let those that we lead help take care of us because so many of them want to. So many of them say about the two of you in their classrooms, man, they're here all the time. They never stop. They deserve to be with their families. And I would say that those of us in education just have to get over the fact that our self-care is not going to come through finance. It's not going to come through any sort of corporate-ish reward. It's going to come from reflecting on the fact that we are leading people, people that um, really want to be valued. They value us. And when we, when we pull back all of the duties can we get back to leadership? I see so many leaders that are living in checklist worlds. Spending time with family is not on the checklist. That is the life expectation, I think. Um, so what I like to do is even around here at Central Office, I love to have fun. We will celebrate Red Nose Day in a few weeks. We did it last year where I've got everybody over here, including the superintendent wearing a a clown nose. I love doing silly things with them. Just this week, we uh, I joined the staff in playing a kickball game. 
If you know anything about me and my bow ties, I showed up in all camo. I had to go to the thrift store to get that. Those are moments that <laughs> build a couple of other people, right? So uh, I look more like Larry, the cable guy, than I was, you know, comfortable with. I, I saw that picture on Twitter. I thought that oh, camo. Yeah. Feel free to use that for my uh, <laughs> Those moments of playing with the staff and, and including family. What I often see, too, is leaders that have, they, they draw a line. I have my home life and my work life. But the most successful leaders I see can blend those two. So my husband, my wife, my partner, whatever, is, is at the game with me. I mean, it's, it's a vocation that we're living, not just a career. And once we accept that, and once those around us accept that, it has so much more tremendous meaning than a checklist day of, of not being sure. Have I lost you there? Oh, I think you're back. Okay, yeah, we're back. <laughs> okay. You said it. It is definitely a passion. It has to be something that drives you, keeps you going, because being here at school can fill your cup up too. Absolutely, 100%. Yep. Okay, this month we are promoting hashtag rejuvenate June. So it's time to relax, re-energize, but always find time to learn new things. So what's one way you can rejuvenate this June? Well, I'm going to rejuvenate in a couple of different ways. Okay. Um, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of uh, my personal life, I'm going to spend some time in New England, which I try to do each summer, at least every other summer. Um, New York City and, and Connecticut, Rhode Island, get some good seafood. But on the professional side, uh, one way that I'm going to rejuvenate is – two things. I'm going to make a commitment to play with something that is educational. Those of you who are in leadership, those of us in, in a central office role, sometimes we forget to play and explore with something that relates to education. The reason I think that's important is because I get excited about learning new things. It is so easy in your roles and in mine to, uh, to not have that visionary uh, thinking time set apart. Um, and I think that is what rejuvenates me. How do I look back and reflect over this past year and ask myself how we can get better? So rejuvenation for me looks like exploration, play, and relaxation. Um, but the other thing that I love doing, now I'm giving a secret out that, that I haven't told anybody except for those that get the cards, is <laughs> I love writing very lengthy letters to our retirees. Wow, that's awesome. Evalu yeah, evaluating their impact. Um, and, and, and here's another cat out of the bag. I do that both at the end of the year for those that are leaving. And then every year that I can, I send a handwritten note to our retirees that are not returning. And the reason that that, that rejuvenates me is because I can see the cyclical nature now of education. Those that have really poured poured out their cup for many years that are now living in a world where their cup is being filled for them. And so what I find so rejuvenating about that is the number of letters that come back to me or emails or calls that ask once again, how can I give back to that community? How can I still be a part of that district, that school? Uh, and, and so that rejuvenation also comes through connecting with others. Very Great cool. Idea. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, it's time for the fast five. 
Oh so my goodness! Gonna... Hey, uh, can you hold that up again? I I love the fact that we are. Oh, you both have one. <laughs> if had I have known, I have one on my desk as well. All oh, right. oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> we had a whole talent show that started from these little hands. A whole talent show. Wonderful. <laughs> five questions at you, and we want you to answer with the first thought that comes to mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Fire away, Renee. Would you rather be incredibly funny or incredibly smart? Smart. <laughs> How do you take your eggs? Over easy for sure. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to design toys. Cool. Would you rather play dodgeball or hide and seek? Oh my gosh. Um, hide and seek because I can be lazy and hide for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Next staff outing, hide and seek. <laughs> All right, give a shout out. Over a net. <laughs> give a shout out to one person you want to tune into this episode. Uh, I... Oh, I love this question. I want my mother to listen to a podcast for the first time, and I bet if I'm Woo! on it, she'll do that. All right. Yeah. All right. We get <laughs> Aaron, uh, this is so great to connect, and I know we um, get to see every once in a while at different events, and uh, you are always full of uh, so much insight, and it's truly uh, a blessing to get to talk to you tonight uh, and to reconnect so back from uh, our old days together through – Tons of hours uh, of leadership. So right. um, please share any final statements or closing statements that you would like to leave our listeners with. Hey, I just want to encourage everyone to continue to get up, come to school for the right reason. And that right reason is to make an impact on students. Let's let the adult-centered things go. Let's amplify the voice of the positive to make the negative silent. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Aaron. Yes, My thank pleasure. you. Thank you, too. Tune in next week to learn more as we share you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks.